It can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections, gain unique insights and uncover valuable opportunities in one of the world's most rapidly rising regions. Request your invite for this exclusive event at QatarEconomicForum.com. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Wednesday, October 12th, 2022. Coming up this hour. President Biden says a slight recession is possible in the U.S. More tough talk from the Fed on fighting inflation. We speak with Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester. The Bank of England confirms it will end emergency bond buying on Friday. And Intel plans thousands of job cuts. New Jersey says New York City's congestion pricing charge threatens Port Authority revenue. Plus, NASA successfully moves an asteroid off its orbit. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashauer in sports. Game one to the Yankees. They beat Cleveland at the stadium, and the Rangers won their season opener. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. On Bloomberg 1130 New York. Bloomberg 991 Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 1061 Boston, Bloomberg 960 San Francisco, Sirius XM 119, and around the world on BloombergRadio.com and via the Bloomberg Business app. Good morning, I'm Karen Moscow. I'm Nathan Hager. Bloomberg Daybreak is brought to you by BNY Mellon's Pershing. Learn why the world's most sophisticated wealth management and institutional firms rely on Pershing to help them improve profitability, create efficiency, attract talent, and manage risk at Pershing.com. And futures this morning are on the rise. 601 on Wall Street, and we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 29 points. Dow futures up 194. NASDAQ futures up 108. 10-year Treasury up 132nd, yield 3.94%, and the yield on the two-year at 4.29%. NYMEX crude oil up three-tenths of a percent. Nathan. Karen, we'll have more on markets in a minute, but first, President Biden's weighing in on the economy. As investors, CEOs, and economists talk about a possible recession, so is the president. I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. Well, look, think about what's happened. We have done more. We're in a better position than any other major country in the world. In an interview with CNN's Jake Tapper, the president also voiced anger with Saudi Arabia and oil production cuts from OPEC+. Plus. He accuses the kingdom of allying itself with Russia and vows to engage with lawmakers to punish Riyadh. There's going to be some consequences for what they've done with Russia. What kind of consequences? Menendez says suspend all arms sales. Is that something you'd consider? 
I'm not going to get into what I'd consider and what I have in mind, but there will be there will be consequences. And President Biden suggests those consequences likely will not come until after next month's midterm elections. Well, tough talk on the inflation continues from the Fed. Nathan, the latest weighing in is Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester. She tells us the central bank is definitely not done raising rates. The real issue is we need to do more. Um, we have not seen inflation move back down. Um, and we need to see that because leaving inflation where it is, if it continues, there's a higher chance that it does become embedded in the economy. Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's Kathleen Hayes. Well, the Fed still has its critics out there, Karen, including Mohamed El Arian, the Allianz chief economic advisor and Bloomberg opinion columnist, says aggressive tightening by the central bank will not only damage the U.S. economy, it'll also affect the rest of the world. This is going to be a reminder a little bit of October 2008, when people gather in Washington and realize we have a global problem and that yet, needs global a global solution. Mohamed El Arian made the comments to Jonathan Farrow on Bloomberg Surveillance. Catch the program weekdays at 7 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg Radio and Television. Well, coming up today, Nathan, we get the first of several key economic readings this week, and we get the details from Bloomberg Economics Correspondent Michael McKee. The world is watching the U.S. Federal Reserve. Raising rates to fight inflation has an impact on markets everywhere. So this week's inflation reports are key for markets. Wednesday, the U.S. reports on producer prices. The bad news? Economists forecast factory gate prices rose last month. Also Wednesday, the Fed releases the minutes of its September 21st meeting. Investors will parse those for clues to how fast the central bank thinks inflation will come down, which may influence how high rates will go and for how long. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. Soaring inflation and higher interest rates have seen yields rise, and stocks are trading at their lowest levels in almost two years. Still, Morgan Stanley chief U.S. equity strategist Mike Wilson says it could be too early to call a bottom. I think the bond market is probably there. Uh, and But unfortunately, kind of like stocks, uh, the bond market needs to be told by the Fed that they're done, right? And uh, that's just the dance we're in right now. It's the hardest part of the cycle to trade. Uh, we think we know where we're going in equities. We think yields are probably close to topping. But we got to go through the earnings revision still, which is why you can't say that, that uh, stocks have bottoms. Morgan Stanley Chief U.S. Equity Strategist Mike Wilson says inventory, labor costs, and other latent expenses are wreaking havoc on company cash flow. Well, in Europe this morning, Nathan, questions continue to swirl over whether the Bank of England will end its emergency bond-buying program on Friday. And we go to London and get the latest with Bloomberg's Ewan Potts. Good morning, Ewan. Good morning, Karen and Nathan. It has been a rocky few hours of watchers of UK assets this morning. The Bank of England now confirming it will end its emergency bond buying program this Friday. That was after an earlier Financial Times report that the bank had told lenders in private there could be an extension. UK GDP, meanwhile, unexpectedly shrinking in August for the second time in three months. The 0.3% drop in output driven by a sharp decline in manufacturing, raising the possibility the country is now in a recession. In London, I'm Ewan Potts, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Ewan, thanks. Back here in the U.S., a big company's looking at a major reduction in headcount. Looks like Intel could be slashing jobs in an effort to cut costs. More from Bloomberg's Doug Krisner. We're told that job cuts will likely number in the thousands and will be announced as early as next month. Some divisions, including sales and marketing, could see cuts affecting about 20% of staff. 
As of July, Intel had 113,700 employees. The company is facing a steep decline in demand for PC processors. Its main business has struggled to win back market share, lost to rivals like advanced micro devices. In July, Intel said 2022 sales would be about $11 billion lower than previously forecast. In New York, I'm Doug Krisner, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Doug, thank you. And you're up this morning. Shares of Credit Suisse are lower. They're down about 3.5%. Sources say the Justice Department is investigating whether the Swiss lender continued to help U.S. clients hide assets from authorities. The bank paid a multi-billion dollar fee over a similar issue eight years ago and had pledged to tackle the issue. We are watching earnings cross the Bloomberg this morning. PepsiCo reporting a third quarter core profit that beat analysts' estimates, and it sees its fiscal year organic revenue also beating analyst estimates. Futures this morning are on the rise. S&P futures up about 30 points. Dow futures up 192. And NASDAQ futures up 112. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. It is 6.07 on Wall Street. We are at 58 degrees in Central Park. we got a new crash. Northbound New Jersey Turnpike truck lanes at exit 13. More coming up in traffic. First, Michael Barr with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Michael? Thank you very much, Nathan. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy has put up another potential block to Manhattan's traffic congestion pricing with an inquiry into the potential revenue hit to the Port Authority of New York and New Jersey. Murphy says the plan would cut bridge and tunnel toll collections. Murphy wrote to Port Authority Executive Director Richard Cotton in an October 11th letter obtained by Bloomberg News. Any reduction in the Port Authority capital plan because of congestion pricing should not come at the expense of any New Jersey projects. On the campaign trail, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says the party will stick with Herschel Walker as their GOP candidate for Senate in Georgia. Walker told ABC he denies a woman's claim that the former NFL star once urged her to have an abortion. I know nothing about an abortion. I know it's a lie. And and I said it was a lie, and I just move on. Walker's campaign is rocked by allegations that he reimbursed an ex-girlfriend for an abortion in 2009. New York City Mayor Eric Adams signed legislation barring concealed guns, both legal and illegal, from Times Square. Mayor Adams says it's essential for the city to safeguard the rights of the tourists and visitors. We are projected to receive 56 million tourists uh, in this city. Many of them come through Times Square. It has become a signature of this city, and we want to make sure that they're safe. The decision comes following the summer's Supreme Court decision to overturn the state's law requiring a license to carry concealed weapons in public places. NASA says the DART spacecraft that crashed into a small, harmless asteroid two weeks ago has succeeded in shifting the space rock's orbit. NASA Administrator Bill Nelson. Now the team has confirmed that the spacecraft's impact altered Dimorphos orbit around Didymos by 32 minutes. NASA's Bill Nelson says the refrigerator-sized spacecraft originally struck the asteroid 7 million miles away. Global News, 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Nathan. It's pretty good aim. Thanks, Michael. <laughs> 
609 on Wall Street. Time for the Bloomberg Sports Update. Here's John Stetcher. All right, Nathan, the Yankees signed Garrett Cole to win big games in October. Didn't happen last year. We got roughed up in that one-game playoff in Boston. But Cole pitched like an ace last night at the stadium in six and a third. Allowed just one run, struck out eight. The bullpen, a question mark heading into the postseason. But it did its job getting the last eight outs. And the Yankees took game one from Cleveland, four to one. Home runs for Harrison Bader. That's his first ever in pinstripes. And then Anthony Rizzo, a long two-run shot. Game two scheduled for tomorrow night, although rain is in the forecast. High drama in the other American League Series opener. Seattle was coming off a win in Toronto. The Mariners came back from an 8-1 to deficit. This time they had the lead. They got to Justin Verlander in Houston. They led 4-0, later 7-3. to Seattle was one out from victory. And Alvarez belts it deep to right field. Gibson said bye. Unbelievable. The Astros will walk off win. Jordan Alvarez will walk off three run over. And the Astros stunned the Mariners in game one of the division series. KBME, the call. Houston won 8-7. Dodgers beat the Padres in L.A. 5-3. The Phillies in a surprise took game one in Atlanta 7-6. Opening night for the Rangers. A little payback on Tampa Bay, who ousted them four months ago in the Stanley Cup playoffs. At the guard, Mika Zibanejad scored shorthanded. Then on the power play, the Blue Shirts won 3-1. The Giants are back from London, but their punter is not. Jamie Gallon is a native of Scotland, came to live in the U.S. while in high school. He is stuck in England with a visa issue. The Giants expect him back in time to punt on Sunday against Baltimore. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Nathan. All right, John, thank you. This headline just crossing the Bloomberg Terminal. UK 30-year guilt yields rise to 5% for the first time since the Bank of England intervention. Right now, S&P futures are up 29 points. Dow futures up 190. NASDAQ futures up 106 points. We talk the inflation outlook next with Neil Richardson of ADP. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Morning sun today. Afternoon clouds. Highs near 70 degrees. Those clouds will bring us rain tomorrow with a high near 70. Back in the sunshine Friday. Right now, 58 in Central Park. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business App, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow, and we are watching shares of Pepsi this morning. They're up more than 2.5% in early trading after it forecast organic revenue for the full year that beat the average analyst estimates. Gilts are falling. The pound is being whipsawed as traders struggle to make sense of U.K. policy, U.S. stock index futures, and European shares are rising ahead of tomorrow's inflation report. And we check the markets every 15 minutes throughout the trading day on Bloomberg. S&P futures up 29 points this morning. Dow futures up 185. NASDAQ futures up 160. Seven. The DAX in Germany is up four-tenths of a percent. Ten-year Treasury, little change. Yield 3.94%. They yield on the two-year 4.29%. NYMEX crude oil is up three-tenths of a percent, or 27 cents at $89.62 a barrel. COMEX gold down half percent, or $8.50 at $16.77.60 an ounce. The euro is at 0. 0.9710 against the dollar. British pound 1.1070. The yen 146.40. And Bitcoin this morning up eight-tenths of a percent 
at $19,170. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. President Joe Biden voiced his fury yesterday with Saudi Arabia over OPEC oil production cuts, accusing the kingdom of allying itself with Russia. Biden, speaking to CNN, says there's going to be some consequences for what they've done with Russia. The Supreme Court will not consider restricting abortion further after its June ruling that overturned Roe v. Wade, at least for now. The conservative-leaning court declined yesterday to hear a case that would have granted constitutional rights to embryos and fetuses. In baseball, the Yankees won game one in their ALDS against the Guardians 4-1. In hockey, the Rangers won their season opener against the Lightning 3-1. Global news 24 hours a day on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts from more than 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nathan. All right, Michael. Thank you. It's 619 on Wall Street, live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. We're getting ready for uh, quite a bit of economic data here, including the final reads on inflation before the Fed holds its next meeting in just a couple of weeks. Let's get insights now. We're joined by Neela Richardson, Chief Economist at ADP. Neela, it's great to speak with you this morning while we await the uh, first of the two inflation readings. Of course, this morning we get the producer price index. Are you looking for signs of moderation in the PPI? Good morning, Nathan. Um, I'm actually looking for some some stability and consistency in the service component. We might see some moderation in the goods component as energy prices have fallen. But for services, that is the common thread. That's the through line to the CPI report. And I really think that that's where you're seeing the pressures rise right now is in services as consumers continue to shift their post-pandemic spending from goods back into service sectors. Well, if we do see more of that pressure on the services side, what does that imply? Are you thinking that we could see more pressure when it comes to wages? Well, actually, there was some good news in the ADP report that we released last week. We saw that pressure in wages that you mentioned for people who stayed in their jobs for more than a year. That actually accelerated a little bit to 7.8% from last month. But for people switching their jobs, and that's the big dynamic right now, is these people who are leaving one job and moving to the next, we actually saw our index decelerate for the first time since the pandemic. Um, They're still making double-digit gains, but the gains aren't as strong as they were just before. So we might, that might be an indication that the wage pressures are softening in the index. I think there's overall uh, tendency right now for companies to increase prices uh, to keep up, yes, with past labor costs, but also in a a world of uncertainty to make sure that their revenues stay uh, afloat as well. And that, as you mentioned, does flow into the consumer price index. A lot of the economists that we've been surveying here at Bloomberg are saying that we could see a little bit of softening uh, even in core CPI. What's your call there when it comes to consumer prices? Yeah, I think there could be some softening, but there's always this debate among economists whether we've reached a peak or not or whether things are trending down or not. And I would just caution that nothing happens in a straight line anymore. There's too much uncertainty in the world. So we might see a little bump up and down in that core read, as well as the fact that it could stay at the levels it's at that it could plateau for a while. So I'm not expecting major changes this week. If we don't see things in a straight line, 
What does that mean for the Fed, Neela? <laughs> Again, it means that the Fed is going to have to stay hawkish. They're going to have to stay focused on bringing inflation down. My read on the economy is that the Fed is on a, in a race against time. They have to bring down inflation, even as their actions work with a lag, before the economy softens so much that it dips into recession. So to me, that means that the Fed stays aggressive and stays focused on bringing inflation down before uh, their options are, are harder, even harder than they are now. Are you expecting are, are you expecting that the Fed is going to align with that when we get the uh, FOMC minutes later on this afternoon? We've got about a minute left here. Sure. I think you're going to see a variety of opinions, and the opinions are going to get more widespread as we move along the cycle. Uh, there are those on the FMS. FOMC, which will like to be more cautious in their rate increases, and there are those who are going to be more aggressive. So for market participants, that means more uncertainty, that we're not going to count on a three-fourths percentage increase every month. It could be 0.5. It could be a quarter percentage because there's going to be uh, a wider range of opinions on the Fed. But ultimately, it's Chair Powell who makes that decision, and he's been consistent about paying for the last two months. So I assume a more... uh, a continuation and aggressive hikes, at least for the next meeting. Yeah, it certainly has been a message that's been hammered time and time again, not just by Chairman Powell, but plenty of other Fed speakers as well. Thanks for this, Neela. Great having you on with us uh, this morning as we await all that data uh, coming out uh, this afternoon and into the rest of this week. Neela Richardson is chief economist at ADP. Of course, we get the producer price index this morning, 830 Wall Street time, and then the Fed minutes come out at 2 p.m. And of course, we are waiting for uh, consumer price tomorrow and retail sales on Friday. Lots for economists and the Fed to digest before that next meeting coming up in just a couple weeks, first week of November. Looking ahead to the market open this morning, futures are moving higher. S&P futures up 22 points. Dow futures up 141. And NASDAQ futures are higher by 88 points. Ten-year Treasury is now down 132nd. Have a yield of 3.95% on the benchmark 10-year Treasury note. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather. Morning sun will have increasing clouds this afternoon with a high near 70 degrees. Rainy, breezy tomorrow. The high near 70 again. Upper 60s, mostly sunny for Friday. 58 currently in Central Park. Broadcasting live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studio in New York. Bloomberg 1130 to Washington, D.C. Bloomberg 991 to Boston. Bloomberg 1061 to San Francisco. Bloomberg 960 to the country. Sirius XM Channel 119. And around the globe, the Bloomberg Business App and BloombergRadio.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. on Wall Street. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. We're just about three hours away from the open of U.S. trading. Time for the five things that you need to know to start your day. Brought to you by Interactive Brokers. Interactive Brokers charges margin loan rates from 3.58% to 4.58%. Rates subject to change. Learn more at ibkr.com slash compare. Up first in an interview with CNN, President Biden faced questions about a possible contraction in growth. I don't think there will be a recession. If it is, it'll be a very slight recession. That is, we'll move down slightly. 
President Biden said the U.S. economy is resilient enough to ride out any economic turbulence. He also says the American people do not need to prepare for a recession. Well, tough talk on inflation continues from the Fed. Karen Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester says the central bank is not done raising rates, that she sees no reason to alter the central bank's balance sheet runoff plan. I think we want to stick to that plan because the markets have understood the plan. They see it. They understand it. We did very well, I think, broadcast what we were planning to do and implemented it. Cleveland Fed President Loretta Mester made the comments in an interview with Bloomberg's Kathleen Hayes. Catch the full conversation on the Bloomberg Terminal and at Bloomberg.com. Well, the Fed still has its critics, Nathan, including Mohamed Aleri and the Allianz chief economic advisor and Bloomberg opinion columnist, said the Fed's aggressive tightening could lead to a global slowdown. Central banks and governments have to be very aware that we are getting close to a situation where financial instability is the tail that wags the dog of the economy. And Mohamed Alarian made the comments on Bloomberg surveillance heard weekdays at 7 a.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and Television. This morning, Karen, the latest producer price index comes out 8.30 Wall Street time. We get minutes from the Fed at 2. Stick with Bloomberg Radio and Television for complete coverage. Meantime, Nathan, yields are rising and stocks are trading at their lowest levels in almost two years. Still, Morgan Stanley chief U.S. equity strategist Mike Wilson says it's too early to call a bottom. I don't want to get too bullish here because people then will construe my words and say, hey, you know, here it's time to go. And that's not what we're saying. We're saying there's still, you know, the last couple of innings of this bear market could be quite painful. But you got to be ready for when that price gets to an attractive level. And Morgan Stanley Chief U.S. Equity Strategist Mike Wilson says inventory, labor costs, and other latent expenses are wreaking havoc on company cash flow. That's the five things that you need to know to start your day, brought to you by Interactive Brokers. And futures this morning are on the rise. S&P futures up 19 points. Dow futures up 118. NASDAQ futures up 81. 10-year Treasury down 3.30 seconds, yield 3.96%. Straight ahead, your latest local headlines, plus a check of sports. And this is Bloomberg. Thank you, Karen. 633 on Wall Street. 57 degrees now in Central Park. Got a new crash. Northbound New Jersey Turnpike truck lanes this time at exit 9. Details coming up in traffic. Michael Barr's here first with more on what's going on in New York and around the world. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New Jersey says traffic congestion pricing in Manhattan threatens Port Authority revenue. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy says any reduction in the Port Authority capital plan because of congestion pricing should not come at the expense of any New Jersey projects. Murphy's comments came in an October 11th letter to Port Authority Executive Director Richard Cotton, obtained by Bloomberg News. Top Biden administration officials are voicing their fury with Saudi Arabia over OPEC production costs. Bloomberg's Ed Baxter reports the administration says there will be severe consequences. They are saying the administration is undertaking a sweeping evaluation of its relationship, including modifying agreements. State Department spokesman Ned Price saying the cuts benefit Russia. But it certainly serves the shorter-term interests of countries like Russia, a country that stands to gain, at least in the near term, from elevated oil prices. The administration says it may ask Congress to get involved. In San Francisco, I'm Ed Baxter, Bloomberg Daybreak. New York Mayor Eric Adams signed into law a new concealed carry measure. It means Times Square officially becomes a gun-free zone. And we're going to make sure we create an environment 
where those who visit the city, such as Times Square, uh, won't have to be paralyzed with the fear of knowing that someone is carrying in a gun in this area. The legislation is based on a New York state law that is being challenged in court. NASA says the DART spacecraft that crashed into a small harmless asteroid two weeks has succeeded in shifting the space rock's orbit, NASA Administrator Bill Nelson. NASA successfully crashed a refrigerator-sized spacecraft into the asteroid Dimorphos, seven million miles from Earth. NASA's Bill Nelson. Tributes continue to come in for Angela Lansbury, who died Tuesday. Lansbury appeared in movies like The Manchurian Candidate, on Broadway, and on TV in the long-running series Murder, She Wrote. Angela Lansbury was 96. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg Nick. All right, thanks for that, Michael. Almost 6.36 on Wall Street. John Stashar has the Bloomberg Sports Update. Thanks, Nathan. October baseball in the Bronx. Garrett Cole's first four Yankee postseason starts were all on the road. At the stadium, he got a big ovation when he came out seventh inning, one out, one on, and the Yankees leading Cleveland 4-1. to one. It's not the most comfortable time to acknowledge the crowd, but I certainly felt it um, and appreciated it. And um, I thought they were in every pitch tonight and... Um, what a wonderful experience to have him behind us. Yanks won 4-1. to one. Home runs for Harrison Bader and Anthony Rizzo. Key moment came in the third inning after a Stephen Kwan homer off of Cole. Guardians had the bases loaded one out. Cole got out of it. Yanks also got back-to-back defensive gems an inning later. First in Oswaldo Cabrera catch in left field. And then on a hot smash to third baseman Josh Donaldson. Game two scheduled for tomorrow night, weather permitting. Houston down 7-3. Eighth inning came back. Stunned Seattle 8-7 on a walk-off three-run homer with two outs. Bottom of the ninth by Jordan Alvarez. The Dodgers beat San Diego 5-3. The Phillies hung on to win in Atlanta 7-6. The Phillies nearly blew a 7-1 lead. Makers of Banajad was a big part in the Rangers' playoff run last season, a run that was ended by Tampa Bay in the conference final. Opening night at the Gardens, Banajad scored shorthanded second period on the power play in the third. The Rangers beat the Lightning 3-1. Knicks and Nets both have preseason games on the road tonight. The NFL says it will consider changes to the roughing the passer penalty, but not until after the season. There were two very questionable calls in week five. John Stashelli, Bloomberg Sports. All right, John, thank you. 6.37 on Wall Street. Time now to take a look at stocks, some of the names moving in the pre-market, and Bloomberg Radio and TV markets correspondent Kriti Gupta is here with the latest proof that even in a time of high inflation, people got to eat. That's absolutely true. And, you know, it's coming from a company that has my favorite ratio. It's the snack to drink ratio. Of course, we're mm-hmm. talking about Pepsi here. PEP is your ticker. Shares are up about 1.5%. They did come out with an earnings change here. PepsiCo raising their guidance again as higher prices lift those sales. Now, this is enormous because, of course, we know, to your point, a lot of people are talking about pulling back on some of their spending. That does include things like snacking on the go and of course those raised prices that you have on like picking up a soda for example on on the way to work for example the company nevertheless raising its forecast for the full year saying that consumers are continuing to purchase more of its snack foods and soft drinks despite those rising costs so to me nathan this is a very good sign when we're talking about is the consumer in america um kind of falling behind and and right now pepsi earnings saying not so much 
Yeah, a very interesting earnings call there. And I see you're watching Uber still after that uh, announced rule change that could affect the company pretty negatively here. What's the stock doing this morning? Well, so the, basically this rule change in California uh, was going to potentially make some of their contract uh, drivers um, independent contractors. And what that would mean is that Uber would have to pay a whole lot more to actually um, use their services and have them part of the business. That news, the idea that this might actually um, work against Uber's favor, work uh, kind of sank the stock yesterday. About 8% declines in Uber, 7% declines in Lyft. Complete turnaround story this morning, although I will say it's not a – complete gain of those uh, 8 or 7% loss of damage has been done here, Nathan. UBER is your ticker, up 7 tenths of 1%. It's coming after analysts noted there was limited near-term risk from the Biden administration proposal on that workers' employment status. And this is something that Mandeep Singh of Bloomberg Intelligence said as well. Yes, it's a risk. Do we actually think it's going to be implemented? No. And for that reason, you are starting to see shares rebound just a little bit this morning. How are chip stocks doing this morning? We got that report uh, just this morning that Intel's looking at a bunch of job cuts. They really are. And this is a, a key point to make because we've been seeing this pain in a lot of the tech sector. It's something that a lot of people are expecting to kind of spread throughout the rest of the sector. Nevertheless, Intel shares are actually up. INTC up 1.2%. And it's not alone. All the chip stocks are. NVIDIA, NVDA up 1.1%. Advanced Micro Devices, AMD up 1% as well. And, of course, Micron MU up 1.4%. This is interesting because for the past two days, you've had extreme pain in the chip sector. So I wouldn't necessarily say this is a sector that's being driven by the fundamentals, Nathan. This is a rebound story. It's a technical mm. rebound story, especially given that hiring news. Traditionally, that would tank the stock. It's not right now. Um, that may change in the coming days, though. Yeah, it is a good point. I mean, chips have been hammered over the last few days. You've been following it for us, Bloomberg Radio and TV Markets correspondent Kriti Gupta. Looking at stocks as a whole this morning. A little bit of a bounce back in futures contracts. S&P futures are up 21 points. Dow futures up 133. NASDAQ futures are higher by 88 points. The 10-year Treasury is now down 330 seconds for a yield close to 3.96%. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak. Bloomberg 1130 weather morning sun will give way to increasing clouds this afternoon on a high near 70 degrees. Rainy, breezy tomorrow, high near 70 once again. Upper 60s, mostly sunny by Friday, 57 currently. Markets, headlines, and breaking news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Bloomberg Business app, and at Bloomberg Quick Take. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. And I'm Karen Moscow. Futures on the rise this morning. We go to the first word breaking news desk for today's morning call. And here's Bill Maloney. Bill, good morning. And good morning, Karen. That's right. U.S. futures with a bid right now with Dow futures up 116 points. S&P's gain 19 and NASDAQ futures rise by 80. The U.S. 10 yield at 3.96 percent. Gold is higher by three. Oil is little changed. And Bitcoin is trading higher by 0.6 percent. Shanghai rose one and a half percent overnight while European markets are trading mixed this morning. And back in the U.S. on the economic front at 830, the producer price index. Regarding earnings, Pepsi beat estimates. And in other news, people familiar said that Intel plans thousands of job cuts later this month, and the FT reported that Twitter is reviewing its policies around permanently banning users. Wrapping things up, AIG was raised to buy over at Jeffries. Stanley Black & Decker was cut to equal weight over at Morgan Stanley. 
live from the first of breaking news desk. I'm Bill Maloney. Karen. All right, Bill, thank you to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk on your terminal SQUAWK. And that's a Bloomberg business flash. Now here's Michael Barr with more on what's going on around the world. Michael. Karen, thank you very much. Ukraine's Southern Operational Command says its forces have recaptured five settlements in the Kherson region. The settlements are in one of the four regions recently illegally annexed by Russia. Meanwhile, Russia says it's detained five Russians and three citizens of Ukraine and Armenia over last week's Crimea Bridge explosion. Anti-government protests continue in cities and towns in Iran for a fourth week. Meanwhile, tens of thousands of Iranians living abroad have marched on the streets of Europe over the death of a woman who was arrested by the so-called morality police accused of wearing her hijab incorrectly. In baseball, the Yankees won game one of their ALDS against the Guardians 4-1. In hockey, the Rangers won their season opener against the Lightning 3-1. Global News, 24 hours a day, on air and on Bloomberg Quick Take. Powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in more than 120 countries, I'm Michael Barr, and this is Bloomberg. Karen. All right, Michael Barr, thank you. It is 649 on Wall Street. And we turn to news and science and technology now with the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. It is brought to you by New Jersey Institute of Technology. NJIT makes industry-ready engineers in more than 20 fields. If it's engineering, it's at NJIT. What will you make at NJIT? Learn more at NJIT.edu. And here's what's making news in science, technology, engineering, and math. China is doubling down in its defense of a controversial COVID-0 policy. For the third day, this week, the influential People's Daily newspaper, regarded as the mouthpiece of the party, mounted a strident defense of the country's zero-tolerance approach to the virus, which deploys lockdowns, border curbs, and frequent testing to suppress the virus and stop transmission. Intel is planning a major reduction in headcounts. Sources say it will likely number in the thousands in an effort to cut costs and cope with a sputtering personal computer market. The layoffs may be announced as early as this month. And NASA says a spacecraft that plowed into to a small, harmless asteroid millions of miles away, succeeded in shifting its orbit. The space agency attempted the test two weeks ago to see if in the future a killer rock could be nudged out of Earth's way. Before the impact, the moonlet took 11 hours and 55 minutes to circle its parent asteroid. Scientists had anticipated shaving off 10 minutes, but now say the impact shortened the asteroid's orbit by 32 minutes. And that's the Bloomberg NJIT STEM report. Nathan. Wow. All right, Karen, thank you. We are live from the Bloomberg Interactive Brokers Studios, where it's coming up to 651 on Wall Street. Time now to check what's going on in D.C. Some of the top stories in our nation's capital include President Biden discussing the economy, Russia, Saudi Arabia, and his son Hunter in an interview with CNN. Republicans rallying for Herschel Walker in his ailing Senate bid in Georgia and the Justice Department urging the Supreme Court to stay out of the Mar-a-Lago records fight. Joining us now, Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins. Quite a wide-ranging interview the president gave to CNN last night, Emily, and some interesting words about uh, this uh, difficult economy with uh, just about four weeks left till the midterm. Yeah, Biden was asked again about a potential for recession, Nathan, which, you know, we're seeing more and more organizations, uh, including Bloomberg's own analytics, predict that that has a higher potential of happening. 
But Biden said that the American people should not be preparing for a recession at this point. He said that he didn't think there would be one. And if there was one, it would be very slight. Of course, this comes as the economy has really been the central focus uh, for the midterm elections. And you're going to be seeing the Fed poised to deliver a fourth straight 75-point basis hike early next month, right before the elections. This is something folks in Biden's own party have raised concerns about. I'm thinking about Senator Elizabeth Warren, who has talked about the potential for a recession here. Um, the bald Biden administration says that there could see higher unemployment and more job loss with the slowing down of the economy. Uh, they really haven't started ringing any potential alarm bells yet or really messaging to the American people about the possibility of this occurring. And, of course, the president raised some alarm bells in recent days about Russia and the threat of what he called nuclear Armageddon. It sounded a little bit like he was trying to at least clarify what he was trying to say when it comes to Russia and Ukraine. Yeah, Biden did try and clarify his remarks when that interview with CNN last night. He said those comments were directed towards Putin himself and that he doesn't think Russia will ultimately go through with deploying nuclear weapons. But Biden said that if that does happen, that the U.S. has already gamed out potential responses, that the Pentagon does have a plan. But then again, Nathan, again, he, he downplayed the idea that that, that would actually happen. Um, otherwise, the U.S. is continuing to try and support Ukraine. They're convening a meeting of the Ukraine Defense Contract Group in Brussels today, where Ukraine is expected to push for more advanced weaponry. Uh, Biden also talked about the potential for him to hypothetically meet with Vladimir Putin. There's no meeting on the books, but they're both expected to attend the Group of 20 summit in Bali next month. And Biden said that if Putin came up to talk with him about, say, uh, the Tains U.S. basketball star, Brittany Griner, that he would be open to a potential conversation about that, but he wouldn't want to talk about the war in Ukraine without Kiev's involvement. There have also been conversations, of course, in Washington about rethinking the U.S. relationship with Saudi Arabia after the uh, OPEC plus production cut announcement. What the president have to say about that? Well, Biden said there would be consequences for Saudi Arabia. He didn't really get into details there. But, Nathan, anything that we're going to be seeing, we're probably not going to see it until after the midterm elections. And that's because, to a certain extent, you will need Congress to act. And there is the will. Both with parties, Democrats and Republicans, are very frustrated with Saudi Arabia after OPEC Plus announced plans to slash their output by 2 million barrels a day. And so there are some ideas about what they could potentially do, a Senate foreign relations Chair Robert Menendez, uh, he's urged all freezing of all corporations with Saudi Arabia, oh, sorry, freezing all cooperation with Saudi, uh, Saudi Arabia, including arms sales. There's also been discussion of potentially allowing the U.S. to sue OPEC plus companies. So we expect more information on this, but don't expect anything until Congress gets back after the election. And the comments about uh, President Biden's son, Hunter, what did he have to say about that? And is that going to be an issue for the president going forward, potentially? So Biden's really downplayed the report at this point that there's enough evidence to charge his son, Hunter, with tax and gun crimes. Uh, Biden says that he has confidence in his son, Hunter. Uh, but he, at this point, is really kind of trying to keep a bit of a distance between himself 
and uh, the judicial that's really investigating Hunter at this time. Uh, Biden's really trying to kind of make a break with his predecessor in not getting involved with matters of the judiciary. And it's kind of been uh, his approach throughout this entire process, saying that, you know, the legal process has to play out. He's not going to stand in the way, and he remains confident in his son. So this is really Biden continuing to be consistent with that message. And I think, of course, the next big question is, are we going to wind up seeing charges being brought? And in a big midterm race to watch, it's been really interesting to see uh, Republicans sort of rally around Herschel Walker in Georgia, even after all the uh, heat that's been on him around the abortion issue. Yeah, the the secret kids popping up left and right didn't seem to dull interest <laughs> in him, and now the uh yeah the 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 very credible reporting uh that he did pay for uh, an abortion also seem, hasn't seemed to dampen interest. Uh, you saw Senator Rick Scott, Senator Tom Cotton campaigning with Herschel Walker yesterday. Uh, you've seen the Trump super PAC also been funding ads in Georgia for him. I think Nathan really the, the big takeaway is it shows how important Georgia is for Republicans gaining control of the Senate. Uh, obviously, right now the seat is held by Democrat Raphael Warnock, uh, who's had very good polling numbers at this point. Um, and I think Republicans just want to continue that pressure for for them. I mean, it, it's a vote, a vote's a vote, and they don't want to abandon their candidate if that means that they're not going to get control of the chamber next year. All right, Emily, as always, thanks for the update on all that's happening in the nation's capital. Bloomberg government reporter Emily Wilkins with us this morning. You can read more about these stories on Bloomberg.com or on the Bloomberg Terminal. Follow all the latest on Bloomberg Radio in Washington, Bloomberg 99.1 and 105.7 FM HD2. Right now, S&P futures are moving higher by 20 points. Dow futures up 119 and NASDAQ futures are higher by 84 points. Ten-year treasuries down 230 seconds. The yield at 3.95%. Yield on the two-year, 429 NYMEX crude is a touch higher, up two-tenths percent, or 16 cents, $89.54 a barrel. COMEX gold is down six-tenths percent at 1676.40 an ounce. The euro right now trading at 0.9714 against the dollar. British pound 1.1068. The N is at 146.53. Bloomberg Surveillance is next with Tom Keene, Jonathan Farrow, and Lisa Abramowitz. For Karen Moscow, I'm Nathan Hager. This is Bloomberg. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox president Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF.